Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're here with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor here on behalf of my wife, Erica, who is just up here and uh, all of our staff and pastors. So glad that you made it out today, especially if you're here with us for the very first time. If you're a guest with us, we're honored uh, that you made it out. We always invite our guests to come at least three times. Everybody say three times. Here's why. As I know, when you go to a new place, you don't always get the best experience on the first experience. So come back, check us out, make sure that this, hopefully we would we would desire to be your spiritual family. That's our goal. Also want to welcome everybody watching on Facebook Live and Digital End. So glad that you're with us. We encourage you. Come check us out on a weekend. So glad that you're with us, though, on Facebook. If you are on Facebook in general, uh, we'd love for you to take out your phone right now and actually check in and let people know that you're here. We actually, I just talked with a, a lady in our church who said in service, she goes, I checked, I checked in and someone actually texted me during during service and wanted to know about the church I was at and want to come with me next week. I'm just telling you, that stuff happens. And so let people know you're here and it kind of encourages connection. And we love that. While you have your phone out, I'm going to actually take a break for just a minute. We don't normally do this, but before we get into the wrapping up of our series called Level Up, I want to take a second and talk about our Who Am I groups coming up in a couple of weeks. We're starting a brand new series in two weeks called Who Am I? Everybody say, Who Am I? And the reason we're doing that is because we teach in sermon series format, which means we take a topic and we talk about it for a few weeks. And what we're going to be doing over a six-week series is we're going to talk about who you are in Christ. It's the number one question I get asked as a pastor about our identity. And it really, honestly, if you don't know who you are, you don't know how to act. You don't know how to say yes or say no to certain things. And we want to walk through what God has to say about who you are. And so we're going to walk through a book together. But really what our church is doing is we are going to do a six-week uh, group campaign. So we're going to... Everybody in our church. We're looking for 100% participation in our church for you to get into a group. We have 24 groups in our church our size for you to jump into right now. They're open. And so what we're going to do is everybody right now, just humor me. Okay. Take out your phone. You're like, I've never taken out my phone in church. You're going to do it today. So it's going to be awesome. So just do it. If you got a phone, take it out. Come on. Even the kids who got a phone, you got a phone too. So all right, just take it out. And what we're going to do is we're going to do it together. So if you have an iPhone, which you should, because that's what's holy. So you pick out an iPhone and you open up your messages app and we're going to press the new message button. And we're going to go to that two button. We're going to type it in. We're going to say it together. Everybody say 726 999 one six. And then in the text message bar, just hit put send a little question mark. Just a little question mark. Who am I with the question? There's a little question mark and hit send. That's going to go to one of our pastors. It's, you're not going to get spammed or anything. And we're going to send you a link that you can literally click in your phone. It's mobile friendly. You can see all the groups that are available. And if I was you, I would send sign up for it right now. Because when they grow, they fill up, they fill up. And you want to be a part and have the pick of where they're at. We have them all across the city. We want you to sign up for them this weekend because they're going to fill up. And you want to be a part of a group. We're going to walk through it. In fact, even the author of the book is going to be speaking during one of our sermons, during one of the series during the weekend. It's going to be awesome. So you're not going to miss it. It's going to be amazing. There is power in unity. Somebody say amen. And so we're going to all do it together. This is me asking you, if I'm your pastor, I'm asking you to do something. Once in a while, I'm going to say, hey, I need you to do something. You might feel uncomfortable. I've never been in a group. I've never tried a group. Or I tried a group one time, and then there was somebody with a ukulele trying to sing some crazy song that was a hymn. We don't do that here. Okay, all the groups have been trained, the leaders have been vetted, and we actually have a special box for them. They get a video, and it's going to be a little cool, and they got their whole thing. And really, there's going to be food there, so make sure you're going to be a part of the group. Somebody say yes. Somebody say, I got you. All right, I'm going to move on. All right, we're going to wrap up our series today uh, and level up with, with our third part of our series. And we've been talking about, really, that this year, you don't even have to be a Christian. 
You don't have to believe in God. You know, here's what I know about you. This year, you decided you want to have a better year this year than you did last year. Come on, right? We all did. We all woke up and said 2019 might have been good or bad or indifferent. You might have been, eh. You want 2020 to be amazing. You want to level up. But how many of y'all know that you don't just level up by accident? You don't become a success overnight. There is no overnight success, even though you might look at it. There, there takes some steps. There's some things that we got to do. And so in week one, we talked about how to redefine success, what it is. You need to go back and look at it on our podcast and listen to it. It's awesome. Or you can check it out on Facebook Live. Somebody with really good hair preached that message. It's awesome. So go back, check out week one. And then week two, we talked about really what are the three elements of success. The first element we talked about was timing or favor, that you and I don't control the timing or favor of God, but Man, there are some favor and timing issues inside people's successful stories that they were just in the right place at the right time. And you and I want that, and there's a way to get it. Second one was a talent. Like, God gives us talent. There's some, something uniquely made. You are unique. You are not created equal. All men are not created equal. All men are created unique. And they're equally loved by God, but you have something specific to do in this world. And God has created you and designed you uniquely, and that's called your talent. But the third thing we talked about last week was maximizing your potential. But I didn't talk about it. I said, you need to be here next week so that you can... I could wrap it up, and that's what we're going to talk about today, how to maximize your potential, how to do something with what God gave you, because we talked about the, ser- uh, the parable, the story that Jesus talked about in Matthew 25, which was the parable where the, uh, a master left uh, something, left a five talents to one man, left two talents to another man, left one talent to another man. The five talent guy doubled it. The two talent guy doubled it. The one guy down, talent guy, he buried it into the ground, did nothing with it, and he got in trouble. He didn't do anything with it. They, he didn't maximize his potential. In fact, he limited his potential. So he didn't have a better 2020. He didn't level up. He leveled. He probably stayed level. And actually, he leveled down because he got taken from him. So we don't want to be that guy. We want to be the guy that maximizes our potential. God has given every one of us potential in here. And that's what we're going to talk about today in our sermon series as we wrap it up with Level Up. But before we do, let's pray and just invite God. Lord, we just thank you today, God, that you are here. We know that ultimately, God, you are here to speak to us. I prepared notes and I prepared points, but I know this, that Holy Spirit, you've prepared a special message for all of us, specific message for all of us, that you're going to speak to us in only the way that you can. Pray that you would honor us today. God, show up in our lives today. Maybe we walk out of here leveled up in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Uh, how many of y'all remember your time when you first started driving? Raise your hand. You first started driving. Y'all remember that? Some of y'all just, you know, did just start driving. You know, you're all teenagers in here, or maybe you're just kind of new, new to driving in general. Some of y'all drive like you just started driving, right? Like most people in San Antonio, you're like, man, that person did not pass the test, and so how they get the driver's license. And so, you know, I remember when I first started driving, I had my, uh, my first car was a 1986 CRX, I think is what it was, a Honda CRX. Did anybody have a Honda CRX growing up? Anybody, anybody in here, count yourself blessed, because it was like a half a car, and it was a hatchback, and it had a, it was manual transmission. Do y'all know what a manual transmission car looks like. You know what I'm talking about? It's not like, well, you mean that one where you press the button and it changes? No, I'm talking about the stick. Y'all know, right? Right? Everybody say stick. Right, like you had the stick and you had the clutch. There was a thing called a clutch and you had to learn how to drive. And that's what I learned how to drive on. And uh, this car was fun. And one of my favorite things to do as a teenager, and I got my license when I was 14, y'all. 14, a full license in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now, they don't do that no more because they, they looked at my driving record and realized that was a bad idea. And so uh, I got my full license. And one of the things I liked to do when I was a kid, because, again, I was still a kid when I got my license, was splash people when it was raining on the sidewalk. And so they're already getting rained on. My favorite thing was to drive by them and hit the puddle and make sure they got splashed. Now, I'm not saying it was right. Don't, this is not like driving lessons and how to be a Christian from Pastor Aaron. This is, you know, this is me not knowing, not being a knucklehead, right? And so I'm being crazy. And one time I remember I was driving with my sister. 
And I was driving, and I saw this guy running down the, the, the sidewalk. He was trying to get out of the rain, you know, and I was like, oh, man, this is, this is perfect, right? This is, I'm going to get him. And so I'm getting ready, and I saw this puddle from a distance, and I started driving, and I got to a point where I got right to the puddle, and I, I hit the gas. What I didn't realize is this car was not very heavy, and not heavy cars, like super light cars actually get moved by water. Well, I didn't realize that until I had this moment. So I'm driving, and I got, drove, got really close to the curb because I was going to splash this guy with well, the water. Water yanked my car. Has anybody ever had that happen where the water got so heavy and it kind of pulled your tire? It yanked my car, not away from the curb, into the curb. So I'm driving at speed. It yanks my car into the curb. I It slams into it, pops the tire. I get up on top of the curb and I stop. Like it just took out my car because it was like it was dead because my car is, you know, a little matchbox. I wish I was a car car. And so the guy in front of me who was going to get splashed, he starts laughing because he realized what what I was trying to do. So he was like, well, joke's on you. And he kept running down the other way laughing. I literally I could hear him laughing. You know, I'm like, what? the? So he's so I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, man. So I drove home on a spare tire with a bent axle. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to drive a car with a bent axle, but it's terrible because it does some crazy things when you have a bent axle. Something that's meant to be straight is now bent and you start to move it and spare it, it shakes your car like kind of violently and so I drove around and I wanted to get it fixed but I was a teenager it took me about six weeks to fix this car now here's what I found when you drive a car I'm gonna give you a few tips on driving a car for six weeks with a bent axle and a spare tire number one was it was really hard to turn. Have you ever turned a car with like a tire that doesn't fit your car and it doesn't have power steering and it has a bent axle? It's like I got a workout every time I tried to turn left with this car. I had to like, (laughs) I had to turn that thing every time I turned it. Second thing that happened was is that I had to be really, I had to really drive slow because the faster I drove with a bent axle, the car would shake like crazy. And so my, my mirrors would shake, chains would start flying out, you know, glove compartments would fall down. So I couldn't go past like 20 miles an hour. I'm like driving on the freeway 20 miles an hour, honk, you know, I'm like, you see them all around San Antonio. And so it's like crazy. And then the third thing that happened was is I had to be super sensitive when I came to like potholes or speed bumps. That I had to like be careful because like it's a spare tire. And I mean, if I hit that thing at any type of speed, I'm just going to make it what worse is what's already bad, even worse. And so it was a terrible month or six weeks that I had to live with this spare tire. Now, here's here's the interesting thing about life. I'm a, I'm a pastor, so I meet a lot of people and I hear a lot of stories. And the, the interesting thing is, is there's a lot of people who are driving, you know, their life and, you know, in the road of their life. They're, they're driving with spare tires. That something happened to them. Something maybe happened to you. Something happened to you in 2019. And, and the danger of all of us is that you continue with a spare tire and a bent axle life in 2020. Not living up to your potential. Not maximizing what God has given you. And, and what's funny is, is I'll meet them and they're really hard to turn. None of you. I'm not talking about you people. But ever other people, right? Who have issues or run into things and have moments of life where they have an accident. Come on. Something happens to them, and, and now you try to introduce them to life. They know they need to get better, but they don't turn well. Come on. Or, or you know, they don't go very fast. You know that they need to, like, pick it up. Anybody ever met those people? You need to, like, let's go. Come on. Like, we need to go. It's time to go. And they're like, but you don't know what happened. I hit the curb, and now. And when I go fast, things start to shake. Stuff just falls out of the way. I don't know what I'm, you know. They don't go very fast, and or, or or you know, honestly, they're super sensitive. Come on, you ever met those people? Again, no one in here. You all aren't sensitive, but other people are sensitive. 
and something happens to you and you see something and something and what, what, what should have been not a big deal is now a big deal to them, right? Well, they're driving around on a spare tire and a bent axle in their life. They're not living up to their potential. And you need to know this. God, doesn't design, God did not design you that way. Like the Honda Motors people didn't design to be driven their car with a bent axle. You and I were not designed to drive life with a bent axle heart. Come on. And you have potential. So I want to give you maybe some ideas, maybe five ways today to maximize your potential. This is what we can control. Because last week I told you, you can't control the timing or favor of God. We can ask him for it, but it's up to him. We don't control the talent that you get. Have you ever met somebody where they just look, man, you're just talented. You didn't control that. They didn't control that. God controlled that. But we can't control our potential. We can't control do. We can steward well what God gave us. First one is this, if you're taking notes, an ability to contextualize information. An ability to contextualize information. This is taking information or knowledge and applying it to your current reality. This is saying like, okay, I don't just know what I need to do. I need to apply what I know I need to do. It's not a knowledge problem. It's an application problem. Now, this wasn't always the case. In the past, the problem was that there was a knowledge issue for years, right? I mean, hundreds of years, thousands of years. Knowledge was the differentiating factor between successful people and non-successful people. If you had the knowledge, right, you had the success because success, because knowledge was not at a premium. It was limited. And so if you're not careful, back then you, 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 you struggled to just find the knowledge. In fact, in religion, the Protestant Reformation started with that. There was this idea that there was a certain amount of holy people who had all the information about this holy book. And because there was no printing press until the 1500s, you had to trust someone's word for what was in here. Then the printing press comes along, makes information readily more available, and now you and I, guess what? Now, guess what? Guess what? You don't have to come to the preacher for the Word of God. You got the Word of God in your house, on your phone. Come on. Like, you can do it. Well, that's all. What were we talking about? That's a limited amount of information. But now, today, information is not the determining factor between successful and non-successful people because at the end of the day, you can be really unsuccessful and have all the information in the world because you do. You have a supercomputer in your hand. Have you noticed that? This thing is a supercomputer. It's an app. This is like anything you want to know. In fact, it's so amazing, you don't even have to type into it. You can ask it. Siri wants to know what I'm thinking. The government told me. I mean, I'm just telling you. That's how they, they're all listening. And so, like, you, don't, you can just ask it. Siri, what's the capital is I here? Now, it won't know that. It'll say, here's, you know, the color of your dash is brown. It doesn't know what I'm saying because it's terrible, but it's, it's, it's still information. You can know anything and everything. So nowadays, successful people, the successful are not de determined by whether or not they have information. It's determined by whether or not you apply the information to your context. That's what successful... In fact, they know what to do. They regularly know how to apply their knowledge. I'll give you a great scripture on this. James chapter 1, 22. James knew this. He said, don't just listen to God's word. Don't just hear it. You got to do it. You must... Everybody say, do it. Yeah, Nike didn't invent that, just so you know. They stole it from the Bible. It's good advice. It's saying, don't just listen. Don't just be like all this information. Don't just have a bunch of stuff and stats and figures in your mind. you got to learn how to take it and apply it to your life. Don't just come to church. This is, I, can I just give you some insight as a pastor? Like My biggest worry, my biggest prayer, my biggest hope for you is that you don't just come in here and hear me say something good. Right? Every church does that, just so you know. Every church has something good to say. God, God's something good. I need something good. You're feeling, feed, feed me. God, 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 give, me give me a word. I can give you a word, 
But the difference between people who are successful and level up in their life are not the people who just look for the word. They go, I need the word. Okay, now I know what I'm going to go do when I walk out those doors. It's that Sunday morning syndrome where you come in and you go, preach, pass, that's so good. Yeah, amen. I holla. Yeah, I go, yeah. You throw your Bible at me. Everything's good. But you don't do anything I said. Don't be that person. Successful people are determined by the people who walk out of here and do and don't just hear. Come on. That's a good, that's a good word. Number two is this, is adjust the principles and standards we live by. You need to, you, for us to level up this, you were talking about how to level up. We need to adjust the principles and standards we live by. We, we have to stop and start doing some things. That every deci- you need to know this. Every decision in your life that you make right now, every decision is determined by the principles and standards you have in your life. So some of you in here, don't, don't, uh, you don't drink or, or drink and drive or you don't eat certain things. Those are principles that you have in your heart that keep you from doing something. You could have a standard in here where maybe you pray before a meal. That's a standard that you've established in your mind. You say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bless my meal because I want to honor God and be thankful and be grateful and have gratitude. It's a standard that you live by. Well, every decision that you make is determined by a principle or a standard. And you know what? Successful people evaluate this on a regular basis. You need to have, and you're here, If you're taking notes, write this down. You need to have a to-do list. And some of you, honestly, maybe more often, you need to have a to-don't list. Your your standards and your principles have allowed you to say yes to too many things. And not say no to, 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 to not enough things, right? Like you don't say no, you don't say no enough. Some of you have never heard the word no. You've heard it in the context of a story. Or you've heard it and you've never applied it to your life. You live by the word yes. And now you're in trouble. And some people need maybe a coach or a pastor or a word. You want your word? Here's your word. Say no. You need to have a, a, a principle and a standard that you would adjust. And listen, if you just move or adjust those principles and standards. So if you, if you make your, your standard or your principle a little higher for you to say yes to it. It'll elevate you naturally. Just by, by, I'll give you an example. I was uh, about 10 and a half, I think baby was, I was 11 years, maybe 11 years ago now. I was, uh, I did not look the way that I look right now. How many of y'all like look at those, uh, you ever see that on Facebook where they show you like, here's what was life was like a year ago. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? They pop up and you're like, what was I thinking? Y'all see some of those pictures? Y'all, what was I thinking pictures? I used to weigh 325 pounds. About 11 years ago. So people don't, like, believe me. They're like, no, pastor, like, that, you know, I won't believe you, you know, or whatever. Some people are like, no, that makes sense. I'm like, what are you saying? And so anyway, <laughs> but, like, um, I showed you a picture. So this was me back, you know, right, I got married. And, uh, you know, my wife, she was just up here. You know, she cute little thing. She looked like that all her whole life. You know what I mean? You ever meet people, like, they can eat whatever they want. You know, anybody in here like that right there? Everybody just raise your hand. Anybody just brave? All right, we judge you, just so you know. We judge you. <laughs> And so, like, but, like, I'm not like that. And so I had an issue, right? So I'm, you know, they're like, somebody ate Aaron. So, like, this is me. And, and like, I was a healthy, I used to tell everybody I was a healthy 325. Now, at some point, I decided, you know, I had twins. And I'm like, baby, I want to I change my life. And so she, she got me. I'll have to tell you the story one day. I won't tell it today. But just I'm telling you, I have a story of how I got to a trainer. And it's 
awesome. So anyway, but like we, I got to a trainer and, and, uh, and so I met with the trainer and I said, Hey, I want to lose weight. And he says, okay, well, before we do anything, before we say yes to anything, let's talk about what you do right now. If we just maybe make some adjustments to some, some tweaks, if we adjust some of the ways that you live, some standards and principles of the way that you live right now, you'll naturally just start getting healthier. And I said, okay, well, what are you talking about? Like, he goes, well, what do you eat? I said, well, you know, I really love Jack in the Box. I like to go at midnight and I get like the number three extra side, like large, you know what I'm saying? Get that curly fry action. Then I chase it with two tacos. Come on, somebody. There's just nothing better in life. And he's like, well, so maybe we just stop doing that. And maybe we just stick to like, let's heat as close to natural as possible. And I'm like, I don't understand the words that you just said. Right? Like, I don't, I don't get it. And he said, well, let's just stop eating junk for just a season, right? Like, you don't need to eat like a rabbit, but like, let's just, let's just not eat that. If you're going to have a choice, let's just not eat that. I said, okay, that's, that's what, what did he do? He adjusted the standard. So I'm deciding whether or not something's going to go into my mouth. I'm going to raise the standard, come on, about what I'm going to allow into my mouth. And just by doing that, my, my health elevated. Shocking. Okay, so hey, I, what do you do? You work out? I said no, I don't work. What is working out? Work is Greek? Is that Greek? What is that? Work out, jogging? Is that like a soft J? Jogging? Y'all, what is that? And he's like, no, no, like work out. Okay, well you don't do it now. How about we do it one time a week? I said, okay. What did what did he do? Come on, what was he doing? He was adjusting some of the standard. You know, he said, hey, how about you just don't quit? Let's just be committed and let's not quit. Let's have a standard in your life. And what was funny is it took me two years, but after I lost 125, 30 pounds. Now, now listen, I, here's what I didn't do. I didn't go to my prayer closet and pray to God, to, Lord, make me thin. Now, now I'm serious. Ha, there's something in your life right now that you are asking God to excuse your responsibility from. And in the name of being holy, do we do that? Is it just me? I do that. I do that all the time. I, I want to act better, so I ask God to make me act better. It don't work like that. God gives you an opportunity to act better. And so for us, in our life, there's some areas in your life. Your money. You want your area to love, your money of your life to level up in 2020? You, you, most of us do, right? No one said, hey, I'd make less to this year. It'd be great. Pay cut. <laughs> Believe in God for a pay decrease. <laughs> I talked to an accountant one time. He said, there's two basic ways to make more money. You, you spend less or you make more. You only really control one thing. So spend less this year. You'll get an instant raise. <laughs> I know this is like deep thoughts with Pastor Aaron, but like, Somebody told me that, like, no, we need to go deep into Scripture. I go, we're in shallow waters, and people are drowning. I'm drowning in the shallow. I need to learn how to walk in the shallows before I go deep dive into the river, right? Come on. So, like, we're talking. These are biblical mandates here. Career, you want to you you level up in your career? You want that corner office? Come in early, stay late. Set the bar. Do more. Change your standard. Well, you don't know my boss. I, I get it. No, no perfect. No situation's perfect. Church, commit to not just coming to it, commit to being it. Like, why come every weekend? Well, start serving. Why serve every weekend? Serve two services. Why serve two services? Why don't you lead a class? Why don't you lead the area? Why don't you schedule? There's always a step. Kids, I I remember the other day, I I told my wife, I said, you know, my kids are kind of nuts, you know. Aren't they? And she's like, yeah, they're your children. I'm like, okay, thanks. (laughs) 
And I, I, was, I told her, I said, you know what we stopped doing? This is a little thing. I said, you know, we stopped reading to them at night. We stopped. We used to read like to my boys at night and all that stuff. And how many of y'all ever just get into the routine of life and you just forget? You just kind of get lazy. So instead of what started off as me walking my kids upstairs and being the good Christian dad and praying over them, God, take the sanity and put it in them, Jesus, God, help us, Lord, demon out, you know, <laughs> right now. And move from that to just like, hey, y'all, just go upstairs. We love you. Praying for you. God's best. You're the man. And I told my wife, I said, you know what? I want my kids to be better this year. And I need to be better. I need to be better. I need to be better. Let's, we need to get back into that routine. I, I, I dropped my standard too much. Come on. I dropped it. I dropped, it's, too, it's too little. It's too, so I got to get out. and get, I like what Romans chapter 12 says. Do not conform to the, yourselves to the standards of this world. Everybody say standards. This is a word for some of you in here. If your standards are at the level of this world, just remember all the standards of the world are always below the standards of God. That's free. Number three, uh, control the direction of the thought of your thoughts and energy. You can't level up without positive thoughts and energy. We must win the war in our minds. There's a war in your mind. There's a war in your mind. You have to win it. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in himself, so he is. You need to know this, that how you think is incredibly important and is incredibly detrimental to your success in life. I'm going to read you a story I read in, in a leadership book one time. In January 2010, a 29-year-old British construction worker had an accident. He jumped down from a scaffold and landed on a six-inch nail. Everybody say, ow. Yeah, it hurt. And so he was wearing steel-toed shoes, and on the point of the nail was visibly protruding to the top of his footwear. The worker instantly started screaming and losing his mind. They had to take him to the hospital emergency room while he was screaming. He was freaking out so much, they administered imidzolam, often used prior to surgery. That didn't work. He was still freaking out. So then they administered fentanyl, which is a painkiller 100 times more powerful than morphine. It's what you do when you sedate people. Once he was sedated, the doctors removed his foot where they found miraculously that the nail had passed between his toes and not even broken the skin. Now, I know there's nobody like that in here. There's no dramatic. There's no panic. There's no anxiety in here. But have you ever had a moment where you looked at something and you thought what was going on was going on, and when you got closer to it, you realized it wasn't no big deal? And we live our life with anxiety and panic and depression and fear. And come on. And we get scared, and we think what was going on. We think, we think, we think, we, we think. Everybody say, think. We think something's happening, and if you're not careful, man, they control your life. Because here's how it happens. Here's the cycle. Thoughts determine action. Actions create habits. Habits form character. And just so you know, your level will never be as high as your character, your, as, further than your character is at. So if you have terrible character, just so you know, you're typically at a terrible area of life. It won't la- and if you're not, it won't last for very long. So, but it all starts with thoughts. So if you don't think well, if you don't have good thoughts about something, you ain't ever going to be good thoughts. I'm just telling you, it starts with your thoughts. We got to think well. We got we to have good minds. I like what 2 Corinthians says. We demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. That there's some stuff that's coming against you and how you think about with God. We must take captive every thought. We must take captive every thought thought. We take captive every thought. My wife was the only person who heard me. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 
that there you have a war going on in your head. You take captive those thoughts. Stop acting like you're weak. You're not. Stand up. Put your shoulders back and think well. And stop letting the enemy in. It's a, it's a tactic of the enemy. Just so you know, the enemy knows the personal. The, he knows human nature very, very well. Been around for a long time. He knows how to come at you. And it's typically through your your thoughts. We take captives our thoughts and then we make them obedient to Christ, which means we, we set them up against God and say, God, is this of you? No, you in jail and you ain't coming out. The keys are lost. You're gone. That's how you level up in 2020. Next one is this, as you cover your weakness, we must, we must address the weaknesses in our lives, not just be aware of them. Just so you know, unsuccessful people are aware of their weaknesses. Successful people are not just aware, they address them. They cover them. They know how to deal with them. In Greek mythology, there's a, 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 there's a, a, a great warrior named Achilles, and he, it was an infant who was dipped in the river of Styx by his mother. And um, the mythology is, is that you know, they, she, she dipped him in the river all the way in, up into his Achilles. And so that, he was immortal. He was impenetrable. He was so super strong. There was no way he could be taken out except for by his Achilles where he, his Achilles healed. In fact, that's where we get our, come on, y'all know, Achilles healed. So he, he says except for that. And so he was in the Battle of Troy, a tremendous battle. And the way that they took him out, he was taking everybody out. And the way he was, y'all saw the movie with Brad Pitt. So he, you know, the way he took it out. And so they, the way you got to him was, was through his Achilles, his one weakness. And so many of us are in here are really enthralled with our strengths. And you might not know anything about your weaknesses. And if you know your weaknesses, you might not do anything about it. Just so you know, you're setting yourself up for failure. And if you're not careful, what, 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 while you focus on your, it's like the bodybuilder who has really weak legs. You ever seen them? Yeah, you know, they, they skip leg day. That's like a thing in working out. Like, don't skip leg day, you know. Why? Because your legs, man, have, have a lot to do with your health. And if you're not balanced... You need to know about your strengths and your weaknesses. So what do we do with them? The first one is this, is you don't excuse them. Can we as Christians get rid of the vernacular that's just my personality? That's just the way that I was raised. The last time I checked my Bible, you were a new creation. Everybody say new. You are a new creation in Christ. So, 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 so I get that your dad's mad so that you think you need to be mad and angry all the time. I get that, that like you might be a fiery Mexican. You got fiery Italian in you. Like you don't know about my family. Just so you know, you can be different. Like it's okay. You don't need to get scream and yell and act like, well, you don't know about my uncle. I got to hold the family name. Your family name is Christian first. Before it's Grijalva, Aaron. <laughs> Why I said preaching it to me, because I need, I need help. Second one is be creative and resource yourself. If you have a weakness, you need to read about it, how to cover it. Read a book. I know that sounds crazy. Listen to a book. Watch the book. I don't care. Do something. Watch the YouTube video. Go to a conference. Spend money. Invest on your own success. Do something that other people don't to have stuff that other people don't. If you're bad at something, somebody told me the other day, I'm just late everywhere. Well, then if I were you, I would use the phone and set 75 reminders and alerts on your phone and just get there ahead of time. You ever met? I had some, sometimes I'll meet some people and they'll get there and like, well, you know, I had like a flat tire. Or I had to step by. I didn't know I needed gas. I'm like, you didn't think. 
you didn't think. You wasted your time and my time. And, and, and I got to be honest with you, my time's pretty valuable. Do you think I'm going to meet with you again? I'm just telling you, you want to get around successful people, you want to be a success, you got to resource yourself. You got to cover your weakness. Last way to do that is, is you expose it. Is you expose it. I like what, what, what 1 Corinthians says. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Sometimes under God, we have to expose it. But let me just tell you, expose it to the right, in the right setting, which is the right person, place, and time. The right person, place, and time. And if you do it in any other aspect, if any of those things are off, it's not the right setting. And if you need a great example about this, go and Bible study and word study uh, the, the, the life of Samson. Samson was super strong, had one weakness, and he exposed it to the wrong person in the wrong place at the wrong time, and he, 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 he died for it. It killed him. And so I'm not saying just, hey, here's what that doesn't mean. Just so I have to, I have to clarify this now and like, nowadays. This is not what it means. You don't go onto Facebook and say, I'm weak at this part of my life. Pray for me. That's not exposing it. By the way, that does nothing. You think it does. In the moment, it might help you feel better because someone's going to go in there and comment, I'm with you. Like, It, it doesn't do anything. You're going to a place that cannot give you what you need. It's better to find a mentor that you can, a, a counselor, a pastor, a friend, come on, a, 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 somebody who can walk in and say, let me help you with that and get you to your next step in life so you can level up. And the final one is this because y'all don't like that one. Last one is this. Choose your relationships carefully. We need the right people around us because relationships are the most telling, they're the most telling um, part of your life where I can tell you where your level is at. You're either, your relationships either determine where you are now or where you're going. And the funniest thing, guys do this all the time. So this is kind of like a guy thing. Like I love talking to men. And sometimes I'll sit with somebody and they'll be like, well, I'm the smartest man I know. And every time I hear that, I go, you are in trouble. You are trouble. You're in trouble. Danger, Will Robinson. Like, I'm like, you are in, you, all I want to say to you is like, help. You need help. You, you, real, guys, just real courage and strength is not you being the strongest, is being around some really strong people. You get around people who know more than you or are stronger than you, who are wiser than you. That's how I know you're strong. That's how I know you're strong. And that's how I know you're safe. Proverbs says this in verse 30, chapter 13, verse 20. It says, he walks with the wise men will be wise. That's, there's no like, that's about as easy as it gets if you just walk. Not those who know the, about the wise men who walk with them. And by the way, you have control over that. Let us stop going to our, our, our own minds and going, no one likes me. I can't get into any circles. No one's my friend. No one wants to hang out with me. No one wants to do that. You are in control of that. You are. I'm sorry. There's no excuse. No, I'm not giving that one to you. I'm not giving it to you. Sorry. You, you don't win. You lose. Sorry. You, you control that. You can walk up to someone. You don't know about my personality. What did we just talk about? If you want to level up this year, you, if it's up to you, if it's going to be, it's up to me this a little bit. 
You got to walk up. You got to get around somebody. You got to stop hiding. You got to stop running. You got to go. You come on. Come on. You got to go get around. I'm going to walk with wise so that I can be wise. My 2020 needs to be better than my 2019. And guess what? It's not going to happen miraculously. It's going to happen because I, I did something right. So what do we do? Some relationships you need to step in. That's what I just talked about. Some relationships you need to step back. And like, I don't need you to close your eyes. Ask God. Most people you know that you need to step away from, you already know who they are. So you just need to have some courage to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're closed. (laughs) And if they ask why, give them a reason. You drink too much. When you drink too much, you, you make me drink too much. And then we do things that I don't like and I regret. I'm sorry. When you go to those things, when you go to those areas, I can't be around that. I, uh, that's too much. It's too much. Hey, when you get around me, I love, to, I love to gossip. And so when you get around me, that person who loves to gossip comes out, and I can't be around that. So it could be me. It could be you. But right now, we got to take a pause for the cause. You, you see what I'm saying? you got to have the courage to have some of those conversations. And it could be not just with friends. It could be with family. And that's okay, and that's biblical. And if you don't believe me, you should go back and listen to my sermon series in December about having right relationships. It's absolutely biblical. Our, our, our God is a God of more than enough and wants you to level up, and he doesn't, you don't do it on accident. We want, he does, you do it on purpose. And if you just do some five of those things, it's not the exhaustive list. It's just great, five great ways if you want to level up. It'll maximize your potential. You'll get out of your life what you want to get out of it. Or you just, just take a step in one of those areas. And my prayer is that you would level up in 2020.